0: Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Welcome to our Guided Liturgy podcast. We're on Epiphany 3. Epiphany is the season in which the church intentionally becomes aware of the reality of Christ's presence among us and through us in this world. And so as we go through our liturgy this evening, our hope and our prayer is that we be open to Christ in more beautiful ways and ways that make us come alive to the reality that we are in every moment held and loved. With me in the room is Seth Slay, Dulcie Booth, and Taryn Jost. We are glad to have you join us.
1: Bloom, let's join with the church worldwide and say the prayer of the day together. Give us grace, O Lord, to answer readily the call of our Savior Jesus Christ and proclaim to all people the good news of his salvation that we and the whole world may perceive the glory of His marvelous works, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. By the mercies of God, let us confess our sin and present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to Him, which is our spiritual worship. Lord Jesus, Illuminate the darkness in our hearts. Lord, have mercy.
2: Lord, have mercy.
1: Lord Jesus, open our eyes to your saving love. Christ, have mercy.
2: Christ, have mercy.
1: Lord Jesus, unstop our ears to hear your living word. Lord, have mercy.
3: Lord, have mercy. High upon the mountains Far below on the plains The Lord is our lantern A light for all the ages Lord lead us higher To your inside Let us see your glory be transfigured by your light Hosanna in the highest God of power and might Tender In your life. spoken by the prophets twisted by Let us see your glory be transfigured.
2: Please join me for the prayers. We pray for the coming of God's kingdom. You sent your Son to bring good news to the poor, sight to the blind, freedom to the captives, and salvation to your people. Anoint us with your Spirit. Rouse us to work in his name. Father, by your Spirit, bring bring in in your kingdom. kingdom. Send us to bring help to the poor and freedom to the oppressed. Father, by your spirit, bring in your kingdom. Send us to tell the world of the good news of your healing love. Father, by your spirit,
1: bring in your kingdom.
2: Send us to those who mourn and bring joy and gladness instead of grief. Father, by your spirit,
1: bring Bring in your kingdom.
2: Send us to proclaim that the time is here for you to save your people. Father, by your spirit,
1: bring in your kingdom.
2: Lord of the church, hear our prayer and make us one in mind and heart to serve you in Christ our Lord. Amen.
1: Hear a reading from Psalm 62. For God alone my soul in silence waits. Truly my hope is in Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold so that I shall not be shaken. In God is my safety and my honor. God is my strong rock and my refuge.
4: Put your trust in Him always, O people. Pour out your hearts before Him, for God is our refuge. Those of high degree are but a fleeting breath. Even those of low estate cannot be trusted.
0: On the scales, they are lighter than a breath, all of them together. Put no trust in extortion, and robbery take no empty pride. Though wealth increase, set not your heart upon it.
2: God has spoken once, twice have I heard it that power belongs to God. Steadfast love is yours, O Lord, for you repay everyone according to his deeds.
1: Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen.
4: Here a reading from the Gospel according to Mark. Chapter 1. After John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God.
0: last night when we met as a gathered community in our main space for worship and in and prayer and song and it was such a such a rich time together the scripture that we centered on was the calling of nathaniel it's really just such a sweet story of this man being seen by christ for who he is and called into this beautiful reality but for the next season of his life, seeing the healing and the peace and the grace of Christ flow from Jesus and, and flow from, from him and from his friends with whom he journeyed. And we don't say this often, but um, I do want to invite you to listen to that podcast of that talk, because I think it sets the stage for what we're about to, um, to center on tonight, Because tonight is another story of calling. It's another group of people. It's another set of lives who are drawn into a story that's so much bigger than their story. Or what their lives would have been. And these guys, Peter, James, Andrew, John, they're fishermen. Jesus stands and he calls them into something of which they have no concept will look like. How could they at that point realize what was to unfold before them? And they, like Nathaniel, would see the dead raised and the sick healed. They'd see those for whom the doors of society had been shut find a place of belonging and of home in Christ. They would see the stories of those who were invalidated and who were left behind be honored and held They would see person after person after person come to the realization that hope is living, that you can touch and feel and see the Redeemer, the Restorer, and the person of Jesus Christ made flesh among them. We just have to be so grateful to be able to read this story and to be able to know what we know lies ahead of these friends with Jesus and And to be able to see this moment for what it is. They just simply responded to the one who called them. They were driven and they were compelled by that place within all of us that longs for eternity, that longs to be caught up into the energy that is love. And that's Jesus to them. But I think what hits me about this story is that three years later, Jesus is crucified. And so everything that they have lived through everything that they've believed for the change that's taken place in them in their minds and their hearts and their conceptualization and their understanding of human value and of oppression and of inclusion and of healing everything that had made them what they would become in the next 3 years of their life has seemingly died along with Jesus and where do we find them we find them exactly where Jesus found them this day, in a boat, fishing. In that place of despair and loss, confusion and hopelessness, they return right back to where they were found before it all started. Hear the story from John 21. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon, Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the beach, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, have you any fish? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in for the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his clothes, for he was stripped for work and sprang into the sea. But the other disciples came into the boat, dragging the net full of fish for they were not far away from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire with fish laying on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come, and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them. And so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. I think as we stand in the midst of everything that we've gone through, everything that we've endured every test that's been placed upon our faith. We stand in solidarity with these followers of Christ, these ones that, for whom faith was not this easy journey. It wasn't like start at point A and rise to point B. It was wrought with doubt, with hardship, with amazement, with wonder, yes, but it had ups and downs. And at the end of it all, at the crucifixion of Jesus they return to where they were found i think that it may cause us to bring to light how it is that we handle disappointment and faith in our journey with christ and how we've experienced these times to where do we return when things seemingly fall apart when we lose our tether to that which keeps us steady and strong and gives us inspiration. The reality is that Christ appeared again to his friends on the boat and the story did not end with the crucifixion. But before we skip on to that, I think it's good for us to hold as a community together these two points in which these followers of Jesus were found on a boat. One before they even knew who he was and one after he had so drastically and radically changed their lives and invited them into something that was so much more beautiful and expansive and supernatural than they could ever have asked for or imagined. that they are occupying the same space. I think sometimes in the white evangelical church, maybe more. I think that we don't know what to do with a faith that has to hold disappointment, that has to hold the hurt and the pain in the places that feel dark. I think sometimes we think that those places validate the source of our faith, the source of our inspiration, the source of our love. But I don't know if that's true. And so the question is, what does Christ do with that? We see in the first time that they meet, he called them to follow. We see in the second time he found them in the very same place, the resurrected Christ responded by giving them himself. He renewed them. He told them of what's to come. He didn't deny that it would be hard, but he called them to love to trust? Is that the invitation that's open for us in those places? Is that the presence of Christ that we find in those places?
4: You know, stepping outside of it, as far as looking at the story itself, like the question that came to mind when I'm totally like the bystander of not walking in their shoes, like watching from the outside, Like you're saying, they return back to what they know. And obviously, I'm guessing there's a huge heaviness and sadness. Mm -hmm. But my question is, why wouldn't the three years of what they just experienced strongly influence how they would be thinking in that time and how they would be responding? Like, isn't that enough? to bring them, bring them to this place of like hope or being anchored or whatever. Like they've just spent three years with Jesus. And I get that some really bizarre things have happened, but like (laughs) as a bystander, like I want to put that on them. Like, really, (laughs) why can't you, why don't, why, why didn't those three years change you to where you're going into that back to that place different and therefore it carries you but then I put myself in their place, and I feel like I'm in a very similar season of, like, I got I know nothing. And what are you doing? And I can look back and see and name faithfulness and provision and goodness and experiencing God and hearing from Him and seeing breakthrough and all of that. I've experienced all of that. So why is it so hard for me to lay that over a season of feeling lonely and mm-hmm confused and a lot of unknown in front of me why is that that's just my question why is it so hard for us to lay that over those seasons and i mean my i think my heart's desire is that i in as i mature hopefully i'm maturing slowly that that's what would change Mm -hmm. Not that it prevents me from entering into a dark season, but that in that dark season, I can respond differently, Mm -hmm. acknowledging and naming what I'm feeling, but in that same place, drawing from what I do know to be true.
0: Mm -hmm. I love how you're saying it like this. It's a good picture of what's happening in us because... That inability to like overlay the good and the and that which we have come to know as inspiring and whole and healing and everything that we believe that that God is like why can't we overlay that right on top of the hard places and as you're talking I'm thinking is it just how we're wired as humans that we, we kind of have this like default like as much as there is energy to 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 be inspired and to be hopeful as soon as it was gone, as soon as Jesus left them, like they just kind of defaulted right back to to where they were.
4: And I see so much of myself in that.
0: Me too. I mean, I see my myself, not you.
4: (laughs) Thank you for (laughs) clarifying. You
2: know, I see a lot of
0: that in you, (laughs) Tara as well.
2: Well, I wonder though, um, I wonder if it's like that humans default that way or that like, Jesus knows we're going to um, that it's okay Mm -hmm. that we're Mm -hmm. met with kindness in that place of Mm -hmm. doubt or default I'm reminded of when my dad died I knew he was gonna die he had cancer it wasn't a surprise Um, at that point gosh I think I was 41 at that point and had been I have been a Christian since I was four and I wanted nothing to do with Jesus for a little while. Mm. And what I was met with was kindness. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: So I wonder if it's less like the lesson is less like, oh, humans are like this. And the the lesson isn't more like Jesus meets us wherever we end up after we've been hit by a tragedy or we've been hit by depression or we've been hit by a coronavirus or racism that he finds us where we are feeling the most safe in that moment.
0: Yeah. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: I love that. And to me, it wasn't a shame thing. I just think about Mm -hmm. my kids. You know, you hear that to create those neuropathways that lead us to the positive self-image, that they have to be reinforced and reinforced and reinforced, but the ones that lead us to a negative self-image, it doesn't take a lot of work to create that. So I just think about, just conscious of over my son, of always encourage, always believe in, always comfort. Because I think there is something in us that, like, it's good. Mm-hmm. We need that. And I, I see us, I see our nation, our world in this story that, like, even for those who were living inspired and hopeful, like, there's been so much negative. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be like doomsday and not saying it in that with that nuance. I sometimes wonder if we can take it. There's so much negative. Mm -hmm. There's so much vitriol and anger flying around, Mm -hmm. at least in in our country. And um, I don't think we're made for that. Obviously we're not.
2: Mm -hmm. And I say it all the time, so I'm sorry, but I also think, We have to be a lot more self-kind when we find ourselves in that situation. Yeah, I've been echoing what I heard taught once by a friend of mine, and she said, speak to yourself as you would speak to someone you deeply love. And I think when we're Mm. in this place, we've gone back to what we know. We're not sure where Christ is, or there's tragedy, and there's despair, and there's all this stuff blowing us up. Um, the last thing we need to also do is be heaping coals on our head that Mm -hmm. we're not faithful enough to have made it through this. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: We need to be speaking to ourselves as we would speak to someone we deeply love Mm -hmm. because that's how Christ is going to speak to us as well. Mm -hmm. And what he does, hey, I'm just making some dinner here, Mm
0: -hmm. right?
2: I mean, that's, he makes them dinner, he regreets them, he reminds them of who he is. So there's a lot of negativity. And unfortunately, I think sometimes we're heaping that on ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. I
0: mean, how can you even begin to speak to where people are in this? I think some are heartbroken and devastated. And some are just trying to be faithful. Like you said, I can do what I can do. And some have been driven to to try to help Mm -hmm. and to do what they can and to give of what they have. And the hard the hard part about it, so understated, is that we can't be together. Right. We're not in the boat together. We're all on our separate little life rafts or whatever we've constructed. <laughs> so that makes the season just so uniquely different. It has been the thing that as our leadership and and staff and House church leaders have stayed up at night and, and prayed and tried to get some sense of, of this whole year. But it's different when you can't see and touch and, and be with the people who you've come to trust. We've come to be a family here. So it's just something so so against everything that we believe to be beautiful and to be true. And this is not a statement on the necessity to quarantine or masks and all that. That is, It is what it is. It's a realization that being one with Christ and with each other has looked in the tangible entirely different in this season. Mm-hmm. And I love what the two of you have brought to the to the table tonight because we can't even assume to know where the disciples were that night in the boat. But we are as distant from them as we are from those whom we used to interact with on a regular basis. And that's just so hard to, to grasp. I mean, the, the word that keeps coming to
1: mind as I've been listening is like rhythm. Like, the disciples did what they know how to do. It's like what you said, Mm Taryn. And that's where Jesus found them, you know? And honestly, that's probably been the the best advice that I've heard throughout this time Mm -hmm. this past year is, like, find consistent rhythms like exercise and mental health checks and all sorts of things. that Like, just try and find some kind of routine or rhythm that will help get you through this time, and like maybe it's a reach for like what's happening in this story, but that's what they were doing. Like they were yeah. surely in grief or yeah. just like hurting, but they just
0: decided we're gonna do what we know how to do.
4: Right,
1: and that's where Jesus found them.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: It's one of my favorite scenes in any story that I've ever heard. Is Jesus resurrected? making breakfast for his friends mm-hmm. on the shore of the of the water it just speaks to the kindness mm-hmm. and the constant knowing that is Christ to us so there's no really like bad ending to this it's it's more about to me learning to be present with all of it mm-hmm. all that our faith entails and all that our journey holds and to know that we will be found. I mean, part of me wonders if they returned back to that place where they were found the first time because they longed and needed to be found again. Mm -hmm. And we are, every moment of our lives. Well, Bloom, our prayer uh, is that this has been helpful. Most of this time that we've been gathered in this room has been In silence and contemplation of just what we've been through and um, of the promise that Christ is with us, that he sets tables for us in every place in which he finds us, Mm -hmm. bread and wine and breakfast. But I do want to say just before we close that our hope and our work in the next few months is to is to play our part in the work of restoration that Christ is doing in our community. So as part of that, we'll have just folks that have been a mentor to us and, um, and a presence in our community, from therapists to spiritual directors to pastors. We'll be offering spaces for those in our community to be heard and to receive the support they need to carry on and to heal as we go into the next season of our life together. And so I just want to say um, if depression is something that you're carrying, if anxiety is something that you're carrying, if torn relationships with your friends and family something that you're carrying, that you are welcome here and that We are working to provide spaces of healing and restoration and of strengthening so that you can carry on fully alive in Christ as we journey together into whatever God has for us. So grace and peace to you. May you serve Christ and all people. And may you know the love of the one who has never let you go. Have a great week. bloom, gathering our prayers and praises into one. Let us pray as Christ our Savior has taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us.